Well, it's wonderful being together with you. Um, leave it to our creative team to come up with the best life hacks for you all week. Can we give it up for our creative team again? Well, it's a pleasure being together, and I want to say a very special welcome to two groups of people. First and foremost, um, those who are online that are joining us today, thousands all around the world. Can we put our hands together and welcome those that are joining us? Thank you so much for being with us. And every Sunday is someone's first Sunday at Willow Creek, and it doesn't matter what location that you visit us in the Chicagoland area. We're so glad that you're here. So also, can we thank those that are here that are guests? Thank you so much for being with us this weekend. Well, I want to start by asking a question. In fact, in fact it's a really intimidating question as I think about it. What is your purpose? What is your purpose? Many of us have probably been at outings or really boring cocktail parties and People come up and they ask, what do you do for a living? Most people don't ask the question what your purpose is. And we respond by telling people about our work, trying to be creative. And for me as a pastor, it's always fun. Um, you can either be the buzzkill of a party or you can lift it up by telling people what you do. But maybe you're here and you're wondering, what should I say when I talk about work? Well, doing some research for um, the sermon, I came across a story of someone you may know, um, but I need a little bit of audience participation to tell the story. See, he was thinking about how he was going to share the purpose of this newfound company um, that he and some friends had come together with the idea of creating. So here's the question. If you have ever in your life, ever run for exercise, please stand ever in your life, elementary school, as an adult, if you've ever run for exercise, stand up. Man, look at all these physically fit people at Willow Creek. I'm loving this. All right, so here it is. If you run at least once a week, would you please remain standing? Everybody else sit down. <laughs> wow, the room just cleared out almost, okay. Listen to me closely. If you run at least twice a week, please remain standing. Twice a week. Can we give it up for these folks that run at least twice a week? <laughs> remain standing. Remain standing. Here it is. If you run at least three times a week, regardless of the weather, regardless of what's going on outside, would you please remain standing? Let's put our hands together all over. I see you standing in your living room. This is fantastic. So here it is. Listen, stay, remain, remind, um, stay standing. This is what he said. For those of you that are still standing, when you run before it's light out, before anybody else is up, with no one else outside cheering for you in inclement weather, we'll be the ones who are standing underneath the light post, cheering you on. And that company is called Nike. You may be seated. Isn't it amazing? See, Nike was not concerned at its inception about winning. Nike was concerned about trying. When you try, when you just get out, 
everything started to make sense when you see that tagline, just do it. Just get up and do it. The passion that Phil had that drove him, they were at their best when they celebrated people who try, not just those who win. How about you? Do you have that same kind of passion for your work? Do you have that same kind of desire and drive, the calling to do whatever needs to be done with that job? It's kind of hard when you're 15 and you're flipping fries and burgers um, to have the same level of passion. But I'm here to tell you that I think that we have attention in our hearts about our work. The reality is that many of us can't stand what we do. The statistics tell us that many of us don't like the work that we're called to do. The Princeton, Princeton Management Association did a study and they asked the question, do you love your work? 82% of Americans said they don't like what they do. 82%. And I don't know if that's because of the reality of the relationships in the office. Um, many of us maybe have bosses that we don't like. Maybe it's the job itself. It doesn't match your passion. But then something happened called a pandemic came along. And we found out that not only did we hate our work, but many of us had problems controlling the hours that we worked. We worked more during the pandemic. So here you are, people working more in jobs that they don't like. And the question comes, what is your purpose? See, I'm here to tell you that I think that maybe we've gotten it all wrong. I wonder if work wasn't created for us, but I wonder if work was created for and by God so that he could reveal himself through our work. I'm glad that the Bible is not silent about this um, topic, and it brings us to an amazing um, scripture that I want to share with you from Proverbs chapter 14. So if you have your Bibles, let me invite you, run with me to a couple passages of scripture, Proverbs chapter 14. We're going to pick up at the 23rd verse. And as you hear this verse, I want you to think very clearly about work and the purpose of work. The scripture says this, all hard work brings a profit, but mere talk leads to poverty. All hard work brings a, mere, a profit, but mere talk leads to poverty. I know many parents of teenagers right now, this became the life verse that you wanted to put it on the rooms of your children. Um, but this verse is something that is pulled out of a chapter that is challenging us and helping us understand that foolishness and folly does not lead to productivity. That work really does matter. And in the passage, if you keep reading, you'll find out that there is a blessing in work. In fact, in a little bit, we'll find out that it was God's idea. But Colossians chapter 3, verse 23, it says that whatever you do, work at it with all of your heart. Do it as if you are working for the Lord. Why? Because human masters are not the focus. You're not doing it for human masters. You're doing it unto the Lord. And then Ephesians chapter 2. I love this verse. It's almost a life verse for me. We are his workmanship. Think of this. 
that you and I, we are his workmanship. We're created in Christ Jesus to do what, friends? Good works. We're created to do good works, which God has prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. See, I think it's interesting that God himself has created work and created deeds for us to walk in so that we can reveal and do good works with him. And in a few moments, I'm going to extrapolate a little bit more on those verses. But if you don't remember anything else today, I want you to remember this. The purpose of our work is to show that God is at work. The purpose of our work is to show that God is at work. And so as we partner with him doing good things, there are three takeaways that I came through this study this week that I want to share with you. And the first takeaway is this. Work is a calling from God. Work is a calling from God. When I was younger, I would read in the book of Genesis, and in the third chapter of Genesis, there's this curious verse. It's actually a verse that is kind of disturbing because it gives you this confusing signal, is work really from God? Is, is, is work something that we should even try to do? Well, Genesis chapter 3, verse 17 says, cursed is the ground because of you. And through painful toil, you'll eat the food all the days of your life. Ed, the context is sin has entered in the world. The serpent has come and deceived Adam and Eve. And as a penalty, God says that the ground is cursed and you will have to work the day, every day of your life. It's interesting, just theologically, parenthetically, to let you know, it's interesting that God cursed the serpent, but he didn't curse Adam and Eve. Why? Because we're made in his image. It's impossible for God to curse himself. So out of love, the penalty that he gave Adam and Eve for eating of the tree of knowledge is he gave them hard work. But it's interesting, if you look at the first and second chapter of Genesis, we see God himself at work. He's creating everything that we enjoy for our benefit. He wanted and desired to create something out of nothing. God himself worked. And I love that if you look at the text, God ends each day by saying, man, it's good. It's, I, I'm, I'm, I'm awesome. I mean, we have done a good job, my friends. What we have created is good. So work isn't a curse, my friends. Work is a calling. And I want to ask you the question, what do you feel like God has called you to do? What do you feel like God has called you to do in your life? I'm glad that the example of Jesus Christ is such a, a blessing and example for us because, see, what you don't realize is that Jesus modeled that there's no division between the sacred and the secular. We in the Western world think, oh, Pastor Ed is awesome because he's preaching the gospel and he has a higher job than I do as a teacher. But maybe you didn't read the text closely in the gospels and found out that Jesus Christ, until he was age 12, he was a son, he was a child, and he didn't begin his work as an adult until age 12, and his father 
was a carpenter, as was Jesus. His gospel ministry began at age 30. And he died, was crucified, and went back to be with the Father at age 33. So for those at home that are doing the math, 18 of his 21 years were done as a carpenter, a person who was working in his calling. I love how Bob Shanks says it. He says, a career is what you're paid for, but calling is what you're made for. Maybe you're sitting here and you're a teacher or you're an architect. Maybe you're a barista or maybe you are a homemaker. Maybe you're a doctor. Maybe you're someone who is a salesperson and you travel often, you volunteer. Maybe you're a teenager and you're in that first job at a fast food restaurant and you're wondering, is what I do important? It's, does it matter? And I want you to know that under the sound of my voice, Jesus is saying, not only does it matter, but it is absolutely a part of your calling. We have an amazing campus. Um, at North Shore, I have the privilege of pastoring an amazing multi-ethnic community. 38% of the community that I pastor is Asian American or of Asian descent. And the Japanese have taught me uh, this amazing phrase um, called Aikigai. Can you say that together? Aikigai. Aikigai. Aikigai is um, an amazing thing that has helped me in this message. And I want to show you real quick. There's four questions that you could ask. And maybe you're sitting here and you're, you're wondering, how do I discover my purpose? What is it that you love on the top? If you look over on the left, what are you good at? On the far right, what does the world need? And then at the bottom, what is it that I could be paid for? I wonder if you're stuck today under the sound of my voice and you're wondering whether your work matters, whether you are in the right place of calling. I just want to encourage you to take those questions and take them to the Lord. Ask him those same questions and see what he says. See, for those who walk with Christ, we don't work for a paycheck because we work for a purpose. There is something greater than just the job that we have. So those that are at home or retired, I want you to know God sees you. I want you to know that those people who are serving in our Willow Kids ministry and those people who are parking cars, those people who are ushers and those people who are greeters, can we just give God thanks for each one of them, the ways that they care for and work for his purposes. But our second takeaway is this. Our work is a witness to others. Colossians chapter 3 is a place I want to camp out just a little bit. Verse 23, again, says, Whatever you do, work at it with all of your heart as working for the Lord, not for human masters. A little context, Paul had never been to Colossae where he wrote this letter. But it was a letter meant to be read, not just there, but in the entire region. And the reason why is that it was an ethnically diverse community that was struggling within itself. Many of whom were slaves, bond servants, 
People who weren't paid for a living, but were subservient to their masters. And in the midst of all of this, he says that you are to exhibit the character of Christ. That it's not about the work that you do. God is concerned about how you do the work that you do. He wanted them to exhibit the gifts, if you will, of the Spirit. Galatians 5 um, shares these gifts, and I just want to share them with you. As you think about your job, is this how people talk about you? She's a person who exhibits love, joy. She's really a peaceful person. She, She exhibits patience and kindness. You know, when I'm with her, she just sees like goodness and faith and gentleness is something that is a part of who she is. Self-control. See, Paul wanted them to know that the gospel and the merit of the gospel going forth had everything to do with how it was that they were living among the people. What do you do in those menial jobs and the things in your job that you don't like? It is in those moments that you actually find out the content of your character. We're in February, and I'm so grateful that God in his sovereignty allowed me to be African-American. And I'm so grateful for a community of believers that is at Willow Creek that is so diverse. And I'm grateful for um, this month to have an opportunity to just remember the sacrifices of so many people who have gone before me to live out justice and equality for all people. Isn't it awesome to have a church like this? One of the people that I love um, is Martin Luther King. And today I want to reflect on one small thing that he said out of so many. He illustrated what we call the 60-40 rule that many um, therapists talk about. It. We talk about what does it mean for us to love our jobs. And 60% of our jobs are things that we love. But a full 40% of what we do, we don't often like. And it's in those moments that we find out who we really are. And Dr. King said this about work. If you find yourself in a place where you're doing work that maybe isn't acknowledged by the world, this is what he said. If a man is called to be a street sweeper, he should sweep streets, even as Michelangelo painted or as Beethoven composed music, or Shakespeare wrote poetry. He should sweep streets so well that all the host of heaven and earth will pause and say, here lived a great street sweeper who did his job well. Isn't that good? What does it mean to serve when no one else is looking, when you don't get the accolades, when you don't get the praise, when no one is calling your name and giving you a shout out, how do you live? See, our culture is so overwhelmed and we prioritize comfort over calling, but I'm here to let you know that God sees everything that you are doing. Everything that you do matters to God. Reminded me of a story of my dad. Um, He was laid off when I was a kid and I was about eight years old and 
Um, he worked at John Deere. And it was interesting, um, Daddy picked up a second job as a janitor at the local preschool about two blocks away. He came in one day and he said, son, I want you to finish your homework and you're going to come with me. Um, we're going to go and clean the preschool. Now, I would love to stand here and say to you all that I said, oh, thank you, Daddy, absolutely. I would love to go and clean bathrooms in the name of Jesus Christ. Let's do that together. I absolutely didn't have that feeling. I didn't want to go. I wanted to stay at home. But my dad, as we were cleaning that particular night, he said, son, I want you to remember, never ever think that your job is more important than cleaning and preparing the way for others. As we were cleaning those bathrooms and mopping those floors, I realized in that moment that we and our witness really matters in the work that we do. But finally, it's not just about being a calling. It's not just about our witness. But our last takeaway I want to share with you is this, that work is a reflection of our identity. See, our work is not done in pursuit of our identity. It is a reflection of our identity. We are reflecting the love of Jesus Christ by what it is that we are called to do. Our culture does so much to work and find fulfillment, but we work because we have already been fulfilled. Amen? Here's a small verse, 2 Corinthians 5, verse 14. What is the why behind what we do? What is the why behind why we serve others and we do the work? It's because the love of Christ compels us. It is the love of Christ that compels us to get up early. It is the love of Christ that compels us to do the things that we don't really want to do. It's the love of Christ that calls us to compel and love our neighbors as Jesus loves us. I was thinking about this, and I was thinking about how much difficulty in our world it is today to love work. Psychologists call it the U-shaped satisfaction meter where you start out in your work and you really enjoy it. And then something happens in your 40s, particularly for you all as men. If you're in your 40s, special shout out to you. It's usually really hard to love work. And then something happens in our 50s and 60s and 70s as we start to slow down and we start to realize there's so much more to our work and our lives and fulfillment. Mike Singletary is a former member of Willow Creek. Years ago when he played for the Chicago Bears when they were a good football team. Um, I know for some of you guys under 30, you're like, wow, that's a miracle. Uh, but the Chicago Bears actually went to the Super Bowl in 1985. And Mike went to the Super Bowl. And here's what happened. It was interesting that he was saying that in my life, I pursued the best of the best. I wanted to be the best. I got to the top of the mountain and I realized that there was no there, there. I realized that all the things that I was fighting for didn't really matter. But what you may not know about Mike is Mike worked in Willow Kids in the off season. Can you imagine Mike Singletary when you check in your child? 
I wouldn't even worry about the computer. I would just, hey, just go on. It's Mike. Just let him, just go ahead. But what he said is serving in Willow Kids and giving of his life and sharing the gospel to others. He realized that's what I was purposed for. It was to be a person who lived out and allowed Jesus Christ to work through me as I did my work. How about you? Do you see your work for a higher purpose? Because remember, the purpose of our work is to show that God is at work. As I close the sermon today, I want to bring and hearken our attention to something that happened just a few weeks ago that the entire nation, indeed the world, saw. It was a Monday night football game, and the Buffalo Bills were playing the Cincinnati Bengals, and there was a player by the name of DeMar Hamlin who was really tragically injured. No one knew what to do, but all during the broadcast, people were saying, we need to pray. We need to call for prayer. We need to pray. But nobody prayed. It was just, we're just waiting to see what was going to happen. The next morning on ESPN, a moment happened that has captivated the attention of our entire country when Dan Orlowski, one of the commentators, said this. This is a little bit different. I heard, I've heard it all day, like thoughts and prayers. And you just heard Scherf and Jonathan Allen say, like, all we can do is pray for him. And I've heard the Buffalo Bills organization say, like, we believe in prayer. And maybe this is not the right thing to do, but I want to, it's just on my heart that I want to pray for It is. DeMar Hamlin right, right, right now. Um, I'm going to do it out loud. I'm going to close my eyes. I'm going to bow my head, and I'm just going to pray for him. In that moment... Because of copyrights, we can't show the whole clip, but I'm going to pray and use the exact words that Dan said. And I want you to imagine millions of people watching. This is not in your job description to lead the nation in prayer. And this is what Dan said. Would you bow your heads with me in a word of prayer? God, we come to you in these moments that we don't understand that are hard because we believe that you're God. And coming to pray to you, we're sad, we're angry, and we want answers. But some things are unanswerable. We just wanna pray, truly come to you and pray for strength for Damar, for healing for Damar, for comfort for Damar, and be with his family to give them peace. If we didn't believe that prayer didn't work, we wouldn't ask this of you, God. I believe in prayer. We believe in prayer. We lift up DeMar Hamlin's name in your name. Amen. I wonder what would happen, Willow Creek, we actually believed that God has given us the jobs that he's given us to reveal his glory. I wonder what would happen if we stood up in faith 
in moments where there were people around us that needed help and we just were ourselves allowing Jesus to shine through us as we're a mechanic, as we're working at the department store, as we're seeing clients. Dan wasn't fired and the glory of God went forward because Jesus always gets glory through our work. There may be someone here online or in person that has not said yes to Jesus Christ. And I wanna tell you that it's no accident that you're here at church today. In a few moments, I'm gonna pray, but I wanna just give you the opportunity. If you wanna say yes to Jesus Christ, if you wanna bring the questions, if you wanna bring the challenges to him, he's, he's more than enough. He loves you. He cares for you. It's the reason why he died on the cross and on the third day, not because he needed to prove anything to himself, but he wanted you to know that he loves you. If that's you, I want you to pray this brief prayer with me. Dear God, I thank you for your son, Jesus. I believe that he died on the cross and on the third day that he got up. I need you in my life and I give my life to you even now. It's in your name we pray, amen. My friends, the angels in heaven, the Bible tells us are rejoicing because of this moment that you said yes to him and we rejoice with you. Come on home, we're so glad that you're here. One thing we've been doing around here, and I love it, is uh, we've just been making the front an altar at the end of service. In a few moments, we're gonna sing in response. I wanna encourage all of you that are here that would love to have prayer. Maybe you're finding yourself in your job in a tough place. Maybe it's a family or a health situation. We believe in the power of prayer, Willow Creek. And we invite you to come, even as I'm talking, as we sing this song together, would you come? Allow us to be able to pray with you. God bless you. And we pray that you have a great week.